do it, 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 do Welcome to ArcaSpeak, a fortnightly podcast about all things architecture. My name is Evan Troxell, and I'm one of your hosts along with Neil Pan and Cormac Phelan. Have you ever wondered what it's like to work in the profession of architecture? Have you ever worked with an architect? Have you ever wanted to be an architect? Maybe you're in school and don't know what you're getting yourself into, or perhaps you know exactly what it's like because you've been working in the profession for a long time, and you know that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or maybe, just maybe, you're planning on changing the world. Join us as we have a casual conversation about our passion, architecture. It's time for some Arcaspeak. Welcome to episode 92 of the Arcaspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And this episode of Arcaspeak is sponsored by Arcat. Check out all the features they offer at arcat.com. We're also sponsored by the Architect Marketing Institute, the leading provider of client-winning training and resources for architects. Download your free Architect Marketing Flowchart at architectmarketingflowchart.com. We'll talk more about both of these episode sponsors later in the show. But first up, we have a friend of the show to announce. We've got a new friend of the show here. Actually, I think she's I think she's a returning friend of the show. She, yeah, she is. Uh, this is my friend, Rita Carter. But she's your friend. That's right. She's my friend. She's not your friend. But she's our friend now. Now she is. Well, she has been. Oh, we're fighting over friendship now, huh? <laughs> Obviously, we're lonely people. So, <laughs> so Rita is an architect, newly licensed, in fact, I should say, in Los Angeles, and awesome person all around. So thank you, Rita, for sponsoring the show. If you'd like to get your name read on the show and become a friend of our show, which is also somebody who helps make this show happen, we would love that if you would go to arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate. Any amount over $5 will get your name read on the show if you choose. If you choose not to, that's fine too. But either way, we would love it if you could help support and make this show happen. Again, that's arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate. And so uh, that's it for the Friends of the Show. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what happened in this episode since we're, we're, we're recording this a little bit out of order, which I think takes a little bit of the pressure off of editing here but cormac and neil and i mostly cormac just we just started talking about licensure and we started talking about being in architects experience. and experience and we just went off the rails and and we thought what a great conversation to put out there so that's what we did and uh i don't know if you guys have anything else you want to say about it before we jump into it yeah normally these are like what we talk about on the pre-show we kind of vent we rant we listen to neil yell at clouds. you know stray dogs on his yeah clouds <laughs> and but this is what the normal pre-show sounds like in this time it just seemed a little bit relevant so without further ado let's let's jump into the conversation listening to these lectures on all these different on contracts oh, right. and everything else Holy shit, I've been doing everything so wrong. Oh, oh, really? N- not in a bad way. I've actually been giving my clients more service than our contracts allow us to do. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, I do that all the time. I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. But nobody at your firm's telling you, right? Any different. Oh, no, no. I mean, they, you know, clients love me. They think, you know, oh, you know, he's just... Gives it all away. He's he's doing a great job. And no, I'm like, holy shit. They, you know, are... Is this additional you know, services, they'll, they'll, basically, that you're not getting paid for? No, half doing? this stuff. Half, no, half this... Well, I'd say that there's probably maybe 10% of that that I probably... That could probably qualify as additional services. But no, some of it's just like, dude, you shouldn't be doing that because you're overextending yourself into the point of potential liability. Oh, I see. I'm like, ooh. Because I'm listening to this guy, and he's just like, you know, by no means should you do this. I'm like, the guy almost killed himself the last time I was out on site, and so I stopped all the work. Guess what no. architects aren't supposed to do? Stop no, work. only the owner is allowed like, to stop the work. 
I was like, yeah, but if I didn't, the dude literally would have fallen off the roof. Because he was in such a... You know, I mean, he was... It, it was... It was not good. But he did... However, he did... He did say... If you do see something unsafe, walk away. You're kind of go report it, but don't do anything about it. I'm like, who are you listening to? Um, his name is crap. Hold on, because I've, I've, I've recorded. Never him. heard of that guy. Um, sure Hanahan is his last name. Huh. I have not. He's a construction lawyer out of Chicago. He's actually not bad. the The lectures are not bad at all. I have some lectures from, I can't remember, I think it starts with an S, but also out of Chicago or, yeah, Illinois. And he's, you know, he's really good. And, you know, it's not like, he's not like, you know, because I've, I've actually... Friedlander is who I listen to. Oh, okay. So I, I um, now is he, is it just about like contracts and all the yeah. legalese and stuff? Yeah. He's, uh, he's really good too. So all these lectures are things like, oh... <laughs> licensing office procedures contract contracts tort law right yeah. now i'm listening to the a201 probably should have started listening to that one a lot earlier <laughs> um, what's a201 um, i thought it was a101 no a201 is the owner contractor agreement oh, oh okay and then so basically the yeah. the two that i need to really concern myself are the A201 and the B101. It's B141, isn't it? No. Oh, it's not anymore? No old timer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so what is it? If 101? B101. Yeah, speaking of which, that's actually funny is because now that I'm studying for the stuff that I've been doing all this time, listening to reading notes and stuff, it's like, well, no shit. You shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> so I've been... <laughs> So I've been reading. I've been reading all of this stuff, and then I give my own personal experience as kind of like a little narrative. I've been record reading and recording it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a, a way to. That's the way I've always studied in a way. Weirdly yeah. enough, so I was going back and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, you know, listen to the very boilerplate. This example is this, and then I listen to like my example, and then I'm like, oh man, I sh- I sh-, you know, in listening to my example of what to do and then i follow it up and i'm like yes but that's not what they're t- uh, um, gonna test you on they're gonna test you on the right way to that's do right. it not the way you did it i'm like giving myself like little notes of like don't do that again so anyway so he uh, says cormac according to a aia a201 contractor must prepare a submittal schedule for promptly after being awarded the contract and submit before first application of payment a schedule of values i literally sat there and i'm like well no shit that was exactly what i emailed you just two days ago telling me telling you that they're about to ask us for money and i have nothing to base our uh, our review on because mm-hmm. we haven't seen a schedule we haven't seen a construction schedule we haven't seen a submittal schedule we haven't seen the schedule of value so how the hell with just those three things can i start reviewing pay applications right and then i start seeing like this whole like list of of uh stuff coming in i should have probably studied a lot sooner (laughs) (laughs) but i think you'll be all right just get through that stuff no 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 it wasn't that it was like you know i mean you should have done this years ago (laughs) out on the street i might have been just a little bit smarter yeah yeah um but uh so uh, i mean because everything that i'm studying i've learned and i'm like well no shit you know or i'm like taking you know like like little mock exams Mm -hmm. and i'm you know and, and all these questions come up and i'm like and they're like it could be this or this or this i'm like well actually it could be all of them and you know i'm mentally giving myself examples in my head of everything that i've experienced and of course if i pick the one that sounds like the most obvious guess what's not the it's right not answer the right answer no no of course not it's like well and, and then i'm sitting there i was like that's bullshit because this is what happened to me once yeah no <laughs> i'm yelling at the computer telling him that it's bullshit that my experience trumps their you know you gotta answers. you gotta flush that you have to you have to put yourself firmly into NCARB yes. land. Yeah, you can't put yes. yourself that's in why the I've, world. Well, that's why I've started taking just the practice exams and listening to or getting used to the way that they ask the question. Yeah, yeah. 
You have to pick the most correct yep, answer. Because they'll all have some amount of correctness to them. I was like, they're all correct. Yeah, but one of them is more correct. <laughs> Mo crew. Mo better. More, mo better. Mo yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. So does this give you uh, some level of appreciation for the test or the testing that that is required for architects? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, you haven't changed your mind yet. Okay, so I've got well over a de- well over a decade and a half, almost two decades worth of practical CA experience. I will say for absolute certain that on my own on the you know like i have go, been going out signing pay apps and all that other stuff for at least a decade and all of this stuff i you know more or less had to learn on my own you can study for the test and you can basically have a knowledge of the submittal schedule and stuff like that but this guy um who's the you know the associate architects or whatever they you know are going to call themselves has easily got 20 years more experience on me but you can tell i can just tell by the way that he's that he's not done a lot of ca especially on projects this large and of this type cuz every single question that he asks me as a registered architect i'm just like how do you not know this and you know and i'm, and I'm not trying to be mean to him cuz he's a great guy but he just it, he doesn't know it and so you can like you can go and you can look up the AIA A201 and you can see that it says all of this stuff but what does it actually mean in real life if you don't have the experience to back up the fact that you know you should be looking for the submittal schedule and the schedule of values and the construction schedule and all this other stuff sure i guess where my question was coming from if you are someone who's not in your position with a decade or two decades of experience learning these things might help you kind of soften some of the blows or keep you out of making potentially legal mistakes that you know that that yes. all the, your years of experience have, has taught you to stay out of. But if you're somebody new, you know, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I, I think there are aspects of the exam that point out things that that will keep you out of trouble so here's actually another funny thing i graduated college you ready for this yeah don't be recording this i graduated college without having to take because i was a transfer student and because of my military experience for some reason i did not have to take professional practice which would have taught me a lot of what i'm learning now in contracts and all these other things so taking the test or preparing for the test will at least give you a basic knowledge of if you hear the words b101 or a201 that you'll understand that oh those are contracts and you know one is this and one is that and one defines the rights and responsibilities of the architect and the owner and the contra- you know and the contractor and this one defines my role here and this one defines my role there and both of them has languages that kind of are the same because they're both written by the AIA to make sure that if it's an agreement between the owner and the contractor that that agreement is the same as has the same language in it as the owner and the architect agreement has and down the road and all that other stuff the owner consultant agreement blah 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 so that there is consistency and things like that and things like that yeah that that's that's good for people who are taking the test and just basically learning the information but i still think that there's i won't say that I, i will definitely say that yeah i should have done this a shitload sooner but i will definitely say that everything that this guy is saying in these lectures and stuff are he's giving examples and i'm like yeah well he could be giving an example of my own experience or shit that's happened in my life and out on the job site and things like that so i still think that there's that nice little mix between a lot more experience than people can get you can still just get two years out of school with a master's degree you can have a license and everything that i'm carrying into it that are just built up knowledge but the problem is is that the thing that i find bitter in a way is that the aia of all people the aia shrugs their shoulders at eh, experience who cares we've just got another paying member that's what it feels like to me when they're constantly pushing the license to get the license right now as soon as you can right out of school and all i'm thinking to myself is you're not ready for the license it's more responsibility than just 
calling yourself an AIA. Yeah, but I... Well, let me just ask you this. Do you think that you were ready? Because you, you took the licensing exam pretty quickly after yep. school. I was licensed less than three years after I graduated. Okay, do you think that you were ready to go and design and sign and seal the same kind of buildings that I've designed over the course of almost 20 years of my career? I I would say I've been doing this for 30 years. I still couldn't do what you're doing. Okay. So we have different, we have different different levels of experience, but to answer your question, no, of course not. But did I have a knowledge base that was hopefully well-rounded enough to keep my ass from getting in trouble or to at least be aware of where to go to, uh, to keep keep myself out of trouble? I did. I mean, the the exams gave me that, right? You're different in the fact that you're from a different era that really honestly believe that, yeah, I may have got my license, but I still got a lot to learn. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a millennial who probably thinks they figured it all out at 25 years old either, but I don't know. Honestly, when I was 25 years old, I sure in didn't feel like, well, one, I wasn't out of school yet, but I sure in the hell didn't feel like I was ready to jump into something. But I've also been the one that I thought after high school, I wasn't ready to go to college. So I went into the army. I wasn't ready to become the next rank until I felt like I was ready to become the next rank, which came with a shitload of experience. And just, I've been that way my entire life, but I listen to these people out there and they're just like, if I, I can't wait till I get my license because then I, d- I just don't have to work here anymore. Right. I was like, I can do my own projects. Right. I'm like, you're not f-ing ready. Well, uh, <laughs> if if there's people out there that want to do their own projects, then they're going to go do them whether they're ready or not. And they they probably will. They'll make mistakes like we all do. and uh, But they'll learn right along the way. But having the license will give them the opportunity to do that where you know, or to sign a set of plans that if you didn't have your license, you would. Let's take a break from the conversation and talk about our other sponsor, RCAT. We're all pretty busy and sometimes feel like we could use another hand to help out. Would you like someone to draw CAT details for you, create BIM objects, or write specifications? How would you like all of that for free? RCAT is your answer, and RCAT has already done all of this work for you. Search the RCAT libraries for CAD, BIM, specs, catalogs, videos, and more. All of this content created for you, free of charge, and no registration required. Stop registering on sites for content. Just come to RCAT and find what you need. RCAT has created a website devoted to you, the building professional, to find building product information fast and hassle-free. Check out RCAT today at ARCAT.com. And don't forget to provide some feedback on the site. There's a button on the right side of every page. Have a suggestion to make RCAT better? Click the feedback button and let them know and tell them that Speak sent you. Thanks to RCAT for sponsoring this episode of Speak. Now let's get back to the conversation. Is anyone ever ready for almost anything? You know, maybe not, but I don't think that's an no, excuse not I mean, to take the exams as soon as possible because I think the challenge that we all face is... Typically, for most of us, when we graduate college, we're not married, we don't have kids. It's an opportune time to take that time in your life to do that. 10 or 15, 20 years later, you have a wife and a family and a job and responsibilities and a mortgage. And it's hard to, as you're finding, it's hard, you and Evan both, it's hard to find time to do all of those things plus study for your exams. I think that's one of the real reasons that you should try and do it as soon as possible. See, like we, we constantly liken ourselves to other professional degrees, like being a lawyer or being a doctor. Sure. And I always keep looking back at the fact that can't become a doctor without multiple years of internship and residency and things like that, that essentially gives you that real life on the job training. And then with lawyers, they basically, their whole school is geared towards mock trials and mock litigations and mock this. And so real world stuff, they real world try out all of their knowledge on a daily basis while in school so that they're actually ready right out of school to basically perform the job that they're going to be doing for the rest of their life. Now, nothing beats, obviously, real-world trial experience and stuff, but that's why they prep them for that kind of stuff. 
there is nothing in our school that actually preps us to do that. And for the AIA and NCARB to really be disingenuous in their own beliefs that this whole three years of experience for a a bachelor's degree or two years of experience with a master's degree is really going to equip them for the things that they should have or the failings of school eh, it just it doesn't to me it just trivializes the 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 um the notion of experience is going to win out. It gives everybody this kind of false sense of security that they know more than they really do, and it gets us into trouble. I I see document after document after document go out that you're just like, what the f- are you putting this out on the street for? This isn't ready, and these are from seasoned professionals that should know better. And then you have somebody who is now equipped with a license in their hand that's got three years who doesn't know better. It does the same thing or worse. Sure. And how, and how does our profession look that way? Well, I think there's a couple of things. One, I don't think school prepares you to work in the profession, but I don't think school has ever tried to do that. Architectural school. Maybe some schools do. But so so there's that. Uh, I think that the IDP or AX, what are they calling it now? AXP or something? Architectural Experience Program. Yes, yeah. AXP is, I think, is a, an effort to try and, um, you know, to try and do something about that. Try and make it to... Really? Well, I don't know. All they did was rename... All they did is just rename IDP. No, no, no. Well, okay, well... Uh, because they wanted to get rid of the f***ing term intern. I, I realize Because that. everybody's... But they're so annoyed with don't call me an intern. Yeah, yeah. I, I graduated I school, it. but you don't know I got anything. It. I got it. So I, I think IDP. I never went through IDP. So I, I really all I can do is say I think IDP is an attempt to try and give people a more experience than to make them better architects by the time they get licensed. I, I don't know. I didn't go through it, so I've never been a part of it. But I, I just from the outside looking in, I would say that it's it's at least an attempt to do that. Whether it's a successful attempt, we could debate that. I, I don't know. But I, I don't think you're ever going to... Uh, I, I, th- I would be curious to talk to... Actually, I, I can't. I, I've, when I see my brother-in-law... Maybe this weekend, actually, I'll be able to ask him. He's a lawyer. Uh, I'll be able to ask him, hey, when you graduated, what did you think? Were you ready to practice law the way you are right now? Uh, Five or actually more than that years later, almost 10, 10 years later, probably since he graduated law school. I I would be curious to ask those people in in these other professions, do you feel that school prepared you for or your license exam prepared you for i I would hazard to guess that some of them are going to say no they were not ready they were not totally prepared when they got out so i think it's it's a false I, i i think it's a false expectation to believe that having a license regardless of when you get it is supposed to be a substitute for a decade or two of experience it's just not going to be that and i don't think it attempts to be that and i don't think you should try and say that it is do you know what we need to do we need to scrap idp or axp or pd lmnop whatever the hell we want to call it we need to scrap all that shit we need to scrap the license we need to scrap everything and and go back to the days just like frank lloyd wright who didn't go to school who went there and worked his ass off in a firm and learned how to do it the right way or learned how to do it a way but just learned how to do it and through it was experience through experience apprenticeship or whatever yeah I, I i i love the idea of apprenticeship that's how i got promoted in the army we don't, have, I, I apprenticed, we don't have mentors in this industry who want to spend their time mentoring people. And that's the problem. You know, we've got this one girl who, um, for one day, because she told me this the other day, for one day she felt like she was going to learn something because she was working on my project. And then she was pulled off of a project, and all she's doing is graphics. And, yeah. and, she, and, and you can see the look on her face every day of like, oh, great, Photoshop gonna have me do photoshop and so she's like stuck in this world of photoshop and she's not and here i sat down with her and i kind of like talked to her about what i needed her to do and why i was you know what she was going to do and 
what it meant for why she was doing it and all this other stuff. And that was like the closest thing that she had. She was like, you know, this is the first time I've actually felt like I was learning architecture. And she's in school. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's sad. Well, I also don't think that you can completely look back and use Frank Lloyd Wright as the perfect example and say that everybody who became architects 50, or actually probably more than that, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago, that there weren't the same number of people back then. Now, it's obviously there were probably less people in the profession a hundred years ago than there are today. So, I think the proportion That's what I'm getting is at. different. It, but, <laughs> but what I'm getting at is that I'm sure you could find plenty of people a hundred years ago bitching and complaining that they didn't feel they knew enough to be an architect or so sick of sitting here rendering the same perspective over and over and over day after day that somebody else designed and I got a freaking render and put the trees up and put the people in. I'm not learning architecture. The guy over there at that table, he's doing architecture. I'm doing Photoshop circa 1910 right with a pencil and a marker you know it's the same shit happened back then version one yeah, version 0.001 right or something I, I guess what i'm trying to say is that i i don't think you can look back a number of years ago and say that was the only way and the right way to do things i'm sure there were plenty of people that bitched and complained back then that got sick and tired of left the profession or just frankly you know i mean licensing wasn't quite as uh, draconian as it is today. I, I don't know how... Frank Lloyd Wright was never licensed. I know he wasn't. So, And he did lots of things. So do you need a license? Well, you know what? Back then you didn't. Today you do. So get the license. It's not that hard. You pass six exams now. What's it? Six? It's only six. Seven. No, but it's going to be six. Oh, seven. Version five is not knocking yet. it down to six. Six exams. Pass the goddamn exams. Get your license. Pay your three, four hundred dollars a year. And be done with it. Yep, and you're the and you are like everybody else in this profession, the problem, not the solution. Uh, all right. You think that getting the license is the end all be all of being a no? Architect. Did I ever say and that? I'm the no, end all no, be- don't put words yeah, in my mouth. You just I did. did not say that. Uh, can we get a playback? Please? I did not say that. You're putting words in can my mouth. Can we get a playback from the booth? <laughs> We have to stop the recording and go back. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that just getting the license makes you the best architect of all time and, and is a complete substitute I, I for honestly experience. Have, it's not. And I apologize to both of you because I know both of you are licensed, but I have zero to no real expect for the respect for the license that's not what makes to me that's not what makes the profession it's the people who have the experience okay. that make well the and that's fine and dandy and the license but makes today absolutely in, in, nothing to, to in me. today's world you have to have a license 80 years ago when frank lloyd wright was doing this you didn't need one today you do so this is your entrance fee pay it and move on yeah that, that's that's a good way to look at it i guess but i don't I don't think you need it. Evan, Evan tell me again about your um, your uh, what you call it your CEO. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. What was where did he get his license from? Yeah, exactly. You don't need one. I think it does. I think you're right though, Neil it, it, and Cormac. It, the people do make it, and I don't think that the license really matters in that way or not. The license just allows you to do things. That's all. Well, and and I don't even think that the license necessarily it, it will make a difference when you're in a firm or. It will make a difference if you're trying to practice on your own. There seems to be, look at it this way. If you go see a lawyer for whatever reason, and he goes, yeah, you know, I I never did pass the bar. I'm not actually a lawyer, but I've been doing this for 30 years. I know how to do it. What are you going to think? Are you like, well, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, he does, he's not like, he doesn't have a license. Uh, or you go to a doctor, right? And he doesn't have MD or he's not a licensed doctor. Well, that just doesn't even happen. Right. Well, well okay. Yeah. So it's like, that's the, your entrance fee. You need to do that and you need to do that to do other things. You don't, right. Yeah, you don't need to, but I do think that like, like you're saying, there are, I, I know, like I felt in my firm that once I did get it, that certain doors were open that were not even an option to me before that and it doesn't matter how old you are or anything it, it i think it does allow you to go places in your firm do you have to have it at the firm no way nope you don't 
But if you want to, it depends what you want to do with yourself. It makes me more valuable because I can go somewhere sure. else with it. Oh, too. yeah. I want to kill people. <laughs> there you go. License to kill. It's not a license to kill. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, it would be cool if you got a license to kill contractors. That would be awesome. Here, you're an architect. Here's your license to kill. Love it. No, but... They're, you know. they're rarely ever the problem right now. Uh, they're always the problem. Yeah, they're architects of the problem. Uh, yeah, those one, those of us that have licenses. <laughs> I know, that, I know, Cormac, you're testing Monday, right? So, uh, is this why you're so? Uh, are you uh, you feeling the the pressure here, or what's no? The deal? No, I'm feeling annoyed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because of studying, though, or because of what? Just because of how the profession is and who's in it? Just how the profession is because, yeah, it's taken me forever to do this and it's more because I haven't done it, but studying just reinforces the fact that... Kind of points out how stupid it all is. Licensure is a joke. It's a f***ing joke. Literally, the only thing you need to know is the testing material for seven f***ing tests. You don't have to actually know how to actually do this job. You just need to know what's contained in those seven books and that's it and that's what annoys me that's what annoyed me in the army that's what annoyed me in any other job that i've ever had is that people who actually make it a point an effort to actually learn their job rarely ever get ahead it's the people who just take the test and kick down you know like because half the people that they're saying congratulations blah 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 just passed the test and they've only had three years of experience clap for them and i'm like clap for them yeah it's great they took the test awesome they studied they took the test we can talk about the life experience and and that they didn't have any kids and blah 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 and all that other stuff but they still don't know dick about this profession and it still to me just trivializes the license that that that's it that's all <laughs> that and it's this whole like licensure upon graduation stuff that well i guess and i guess it does it is lame because if you go to europe it's you gra- you graduate and you're an architect yes you right? are that's it so there's no such thing as a standard yet yeah, none of those yeah but none of those architects like say rem or leapskin or any of these other people can be considered a, an architect in the United States. Sure they could if they take the tests. If they took the test. <laughs> if they took the test, sure. And that's I like Liebeskind is, right? He he got his license in New York. But only in New York, so you can only practice in New York. Like again, this is that right. is something that is completely stupid as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean honestly to be clear. It should be a national. It should totally be a national. It should be a national license and everybody should know about hurricanes and everybody should know about earthquakes and everybody should know about snow drifts and everybody should know about all of this stuff because you know what? You might actually practice in another state. Even if you don't live there, you might practice in the other state. See, that's the thing, is that it's just a racket, right? Yeah. And it's it's just a racket. NCARB, AIA, licensing boards, whatever. So when I had to go in front of the promotion board for in the uh, in the army, I could not stand in front of that promotion board if I wasn't prepared, if I wasn't, if I didn't meet all of the minimum criteria to be standing in front of them, which meant that I needed X amount of time in service. I need X amount of time in grade, which meant that if I was an E4, which is a, a corporal, and I wanted to be promoted to a sergeant, I needed to be a corporal for a minimum of 24 months. And I needed to be on the promotable list, which meant that I met all of the basic criteria to be a sergeant for a minimum of six months, which meant that I was out there basically performing the duties as a sergeant long enough to equip myself with experience to then become promoted to then hold the position that I'd already been technically performing. But it was because I was out there because it was a requirement to actually learn your job before you had your job or you learned your job before you had the title of the job that you were doing. The real world is not the military. We're not that organized. <laughs> the real world is not the military, man. It's just, you can't you can't uh, knock one for not being the other. Well, and that's why we only design less than 10% of all of the buildings that are built in the um, country. Yep. Is it 10% of the buildings or just the housing? I thought it was like two. 
No, it's buildings. Okay. According to uh, the lecture that I sat through of Robert Ivey's. Yeah. It was a declining number. Well, I think there's a whole lot of other reasons for that beyond just whether you're licensed. Yeah, because no one respects the profession. There's that, and who do we have to blame for Including the profession. Yeah, well, there you go. It's not going to change until we do something about it to change it. All right, let's take a minute out of the show to talk about one of our sponsors, and that is Architect Marketing Institute. Are you a firm owner or partner? Then listen up. Our friend Enix Sears and the Architect Marketing Institute are giving away a free architect marketing flowchart showing how to develop a clear and proven marketing plan for a small architecture firm. In this free PDF download, you'll discover the step-by-step marketing plan flowchart that you can copy and implement in your practice to do three things. First, you can create a waiting list of clients for your firm so you can pick and choose the best projects you want to work on. Second, you can attract and win clients who value good design and don't haggle over fees. Use free automated tools to have clients pre-sold and ready to move ahead before they ever meet with you face-to-face. That's important because I think a lot of people spend a lot of time working with clients that never hire them, right? So that's a cool point there. Lastly, get this flowchart for free by visiting architectmarketingflowchart.com. This is going to be available for the next three weeks only, so don't wait. Get instant access at architectmarketingflowchart.com. And thanks to the Architect Marketing Institute for sponsoring this episode of Arcuspeak. Let's jump back into the show i i agree with you cormac but to play the game to get onto the field you have to do it see the problem is is that i've been no defending, sports analogy. i've been defending the profession harder and longer than registered architects to no avail i mean i have more respect That's not true i have i have more respect for the profession than nine tenths of the you know the registered architects out there yet yeah, it doesn't matter because I'm not a registered architect, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, Cormac, Cormac, I would. It's, it's not true. Like, like, I think that we are making a difference, even just having these conversations in this podcast, which is way more than 90% of the licensed architects out there. I agree with that part. But I don't think that you can say that it to no avail, because I think you are making a, a difference. I don't know why you feel like you we don't. are making a difference. Is, is it just your own personal, like at your firm, or wh- what is it that's making you feel like that? No, I don't know. I don't know. I think, it, it, I, honestly, it's 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 me. It's it's a me thing, not a. Well, then then look at it that way and just jump through the hoops and get it done and over. I mean, that's. I guarantee that I will. Here's here's my here's my hopes and dreams for my licensure. I get it. I don't tell a goddamn soul that I have it because it really doesn't matter. Because I still have more experience than they do. I can still put together a building blindfolded than they can. And probably manage the living shit out of a project more than they can. And it really won't matter if I have the license or not. No, but you'll get to move on. And it won't be a, it won't be a, a pain point for you anymore. Like, like what you said earlier, it will make me more marketable for my next job. Yeah. No, but also it'll, it'll free you is what it'll do from all this stuff that you're talking about right now. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Yeah. I'll still be bitter. I'll still want people to get experience. Don't call yourself an architect if you don't, if you can't put together a building. Well, all right. Come on. Really? There's people who, who can just do toilet room details and work for an architect for their, their whole life and be totally fine with that. And, and you should be okay with that. But I, I mean, you know, I mean, come on, Cormac, I can't put together a building like you can, right? That the come at the, uh, the school building, that other building you design, I, I can't do that type of work. So am I not an architect? That's the way I hear. That's what I hear when you say that. Okay. Because I can't do that type of building. Can I do a parking garage or some sort of five-story building? What do you specialize in? I do residential work. It's all I've Can done. Can you do residential work? Yes. Then you're fine. If you're specializing in, like, I'm not going to go masquerade myself as a residential architect saying that I can do everything that you can do just because I'm licensed in, oh, houses must be really easy because anybody can do it. No, they can't. There's nuances, there's, you know, specialities that you have that I don't have and vice versa. But now you're you're touching on the chip that sits on every other residential architect out there shoulder when it comes to the profession in general. Y'all are a bunch of <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> because you know, if you've got a chip on your shoulder, it's because you don't know how to design real buildings. <laughs> well, what is a real building, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just f- with you no, now. Um, no, but it, but uh, you know, I mean, all that, of that, them are buildings. And if you specialize in residential and you're good at doing residential, then you've got all the experience that I have. I've got experience, and I can do commercial buildings. You've got experience; you can do residential buildings. That's fine. We need people to specialize in in residential. We need people to respe- specialize. I mean, that's why people create these little niches for themselves so that they can specialize in them and be the ones that they come to as the, the leaders in that particular sector. So it's okay if you don't know how to do a friggin you know chemistry building or a k through 12 building or whatever else. You know how to do your buildings and you know how to do your buildings well. So that's what you should be doing right but i shouldn't be dipping my toe in your waters you shouldn't be dipping your toe in my waters in uh, that didn't come out right but anyway what i'm getting at is you've got as much experience as i do i don't have experience in residential so i shouldn't be playing in your sandbox you don't have as much experience in the commercial that i do don't dip your toe in my sandbox and we're all good. Let's all make let's all make all of the buildings that we do better. Yeah, but I don't I don't think that you need to stick with one typology. Well, that, I didn't I, I I didn't mean to like I didn't mean to isolate it in as you know you should only do this and and I explain it completely wrong. <laughs> I just want people to do fucking good work, and you can't do good work with just three years of experience that also requires a, a decent client which is practically impossible well, yeah that's true but but the more experience you have the more you can educate the clients on why they should be doing things better uh, but now now you're dreaming because <laughs> the the client only cares about how much money they're going to make and or how inexpensive this building is going to be to them okay then it also takes experience to learn how to and i did learn this a lot when we were doing some work down in florida when i was working for the firms in florida i learned how to basically stretch a dollar over the course of a building to make it do some things that otherwise it you really couldn't afford to do and it was just learning how to pick and choose my battles over the course of a building to like make those special moments to really make the whole thing sing and then the rest of it was just like setting the stage for like these these little moments and learning how to design that way actually i think learning how to basically design on a budget and you can't tell me that this isn't true of it but learning to design on a budget is probably one of the most i've felt more creative when I had little money than I had with, oh, I could just spend this, 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 and this. Then it get gimmicky. You know, I start throwing shit on it. It's like, ooh, let's put terracotta on there. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, <laughs> and, go to the Shildam booth. Exactly. You know, and otherwise, it's, you know, the least amount of money to me is more freeing than more money. And I know that is so counterintuitive. But it pushes you. I think we've all been there. But see, again, you can only learn how to do that when you got experience. Just get your license, man. You've got the experience. Just get the, yeah. But don't let that experience make you overthink the exam because I think you'll only hurt yourself. Yeah, you can't can't be in the real world. You have to be in in-card land. Which, in some ways, ironically enough, helps you if you don't have the experience. Because the only experience you have is by reading the books and... and You're not making the conversation any better. Well, I'm just saying that sometimes if you if you don't know something and you you read it, you learn what you need to learn to pass the exam, it gives you a base and you don't go in there overthinking it. And, and it makes it, you know, because the exams, like we, you mentioned earlier, the, all three answers are right, which is the most right. And you can get into a, a stage where you start overthinking all the questions uh, based on that experience. And you, as you said, you chose the wrong one based on your experience. 
So not that that's, you know, a good way to approach the rest of your career, but I think it will let you get past that hurdle, get over that hump so you can move on to the rest of your career. I think Neil's telling you to hump the hurdle. Hump the hurdle. Yeah, hump the hurdle. No, but I I think, I I don't know. Can that be the name of the show? Yes. Hump the hurdle. <laughs> when when I was in school, I, I or maybe it was even before that. Uh, I can't remember where I heard this, but I heard that most architects don't really become good architects till they're in their forties or fifties, right? They still say okay, that. yeah. So they still say that. So uh, when I entered this, okay, great. I got my license at twenty. I think I was twenty nine, oh, twenty eight, twenty nine. Did I think I was the best architect or the most equipped to now do something in this profession? No, but you know, I got it out of the way. I am an architect. I can call myself that. Now I can get on with the rest of my career to get to that point where I'm in my forties and fifties, and I can really maybe then call myself an architect. Yeah. So what happened? Why aren't you... I mean, you're well in your 50s, so why haven't you taken the world over? you. Not yet. Close. I know. What happened? Life happened. No, no, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still here. I've been doing this for 30 years now. It's all I've been doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. You can't have been doing it for 30 years. I started working for an architect on April 1st, 1986, almost a year out of high school. And it's been my sole... My sole employment since then. You know employers only count after uh, graduation of high school, of college. Oh, that's fine. Or at least I was told that. Yeah, whatever. Even though I had six years of experience before. For your permanent record? What are you talking about? Uh, I had on my, I had on my uh, resume the experience from when I dropped out of school and I went and worked for a firm. And actually had buildings designed and built. And Who told you that? People that I were was applying to jobs they're like you know that none of this experience really you know matters because this was all before you graduated that's bullshit work experience is work experience man it doesn't matter if you're freaking gone to school or not i would argue that school didn't teach me a damn thing you know i was working in the profession for let's see uh let's see what uh four seven years before i graduated college so you know i mean now, come on. You can't say that. I got my I got my first job after once I finished second year of college. And then after third year, I quit school f- for four years and worked in a firm for four years and then went back and then worked all my way through school working for architects when I finished it up. So I had plenty of experience. I I think that if somebody was, you know, saying to somebody that was maybe interning for a summer and putting that on their resume and that maybe that doesn't say as much, uh, to experience as somebody like in your experience where, Hey, I went out, I, I, you know, I left school for a while for other, you know, for whatever reasons. And I, you know, I went and worked in a firm for four years. You know, I think that counts as much or more than working after school. Than being licensed? I think it helps. I think it helps. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm only kidding. No, I, I mean, no, I think it, it, it only can help. I think any work experience. I mean, I think that's that's why kids that are going to school, people that are that are in school now, that's why they want that summer internship is to get that experience. They want that experience and and. You know, they should, they, we should give it to them and they should get paid for that experience for those out there that are not paying their interns. Bullshit. They should get paid for that experience. And that adds to their uh, repertoire and knowledge base so that when they do get licensed, they have a little more experience than just coming straight out of school and never working in a firm. Here's actually what should happen. So if they want, if, if NCARB and AIA think that it's a good idea to, have licensure out of college, then you should be graduating with a master's degree in eight years. And within that eight years, there's a few summer internships and two full years off working in a firm. And then you graduate and then you come back, you, you finish up your seat, your thesis year. And then you, I, I don't know, I guess as part of graduation, you sit for your AREs, you graduate and at least then you have some practical experience and you have a baseline of knowledge and understanding working your way in school 
and you're not coming out of there just squeaky clean with no experience but a license. Well, but I think, isn't it true that when you finish school now, you have to go through IDP or AXP or ABC? Yeah. And and that but takes several years to, to complete, does it not? Two. At least two? If you graduate with a master's degree, because they're slowly but surely thinking about phasing out the professional degree, which is what I have. Yeah, that's what I have as well. And so there are people either don't put any stock in it or are wanting to get rid of the five-year degree for the six-year degree. So you get your six-year degree, you can graduate, and you have just two years of IDP. But you can also start one year after school. You can start taking your tests. But then after you, you've got to complete your IDP before you actually get your license. But you could, you could finish your ARE before you finish your IDP. And then once you finish your IDP, boom, you're licensed. Yeah, but yeah. the problem there is that IDP has specific requirements in different things. And, and, like, that's the hard part for people. It's not the time commitment or the number of hours. It's the it's the people who are actually trying to get their hours in, in the right parts of the, of the work. Here's what is, and you guys have got to have seen this, and if you haven't, I don't know how you haven't. But the thing about IDP is that our collection is bullshit most of the time the profession isn't out there standing over them saying did you get those two extra hours that you needed for your ca no they're gonna say oh you only need two uh, two hours for ca here let me sign it write it here you go there's your two hours and those two hours are to me those two hours are valuable two hours that they need to actually possess some knowledge those are the hours no one can get it's a ca (laughs) yeah exactly those are the hours that any time I have the opportunity to take an intern or a recent graduate or something out on a job site, that's, to me, that's the most valuable tool for a young architect's or a young budding architect's career is taking them out and saying, okay, you see this line on the piece of paper, you see that beam hanging up over your head, that line is that beam. So when you draw that line, that's what it means. Whoa. Mind blown. <laughs> to people who never leave the office, they're, oh, totally. just, they're just lines. Sure. Totally. And they don't mean shit. Yeah. And, and what's even better than that is is taking somebody who doesn't do architecture at all. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so like, I'll take, I'll take my friend who does visualization and and he did renderings of the project when it was a digital model and then he goes out there and he's like i can't believe this is real <laughs> or you take your kids sure. to i take my kids to photo shoots i mean that's a beauty of doing schools right they always need kids for models and they're just like daddy we're going to your project we're going to go run around your and we're going to play on the playground and we're going to do this and, and and remember that time we went to that to your project we went to your building and i always thought that's pretty cool it's very yeah. cool and and it it it's interesting to them. I'm, I'm sure you, like you just said it, but Neil, I'm sure you do it too. It's like I do this all the time. I take my kids out there. I let them see like basically the patch of dirt, <laughs> and then start from the patch of dirt and work its way up. And they're just like, holy crap! I remember when it was just a patch of dirt, and now yeah. we're walking around with a roof over our head and walls and all this other stuff. And and look at you know, I can make an echo in the building because there's no finishes or anything. And it's just it's fun for them because it's just a big kind of adult playground. But to me, it's they're getting to see the evolution of what I do on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. My, my kids got to see that they were too young to understand the building of the house they live in. But they, when I did the house next door, they got used to seeing for all of their lives and then they saw it disappear and they saw it slowly become a different house, uh, over a period of six months or something. And so they got to see that every single day and, uh, they, they got a big kick out of it. It is very nice. I hear it very often that when people will ask either what I do or, or something comes up and say, Oh yeah, I know that house on college. Yeah. I remember watching that being built. That's your place. Oh, wow. I I know where that house is. Oh, that one next door. That's a really cute house. I really like that house. And it's like, Oh, you did that. 
and yeah you know so yes it's 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 nice you know it, it's fun to to hear that and uh, so I think sometimes I don't take a step back and say, yeah, I did that. Appreciate what we actually yeah, did. A little bit, yeah. Because we get so involved with all the little things that maybe didn't come out the, the exact way we wanted. And we, we look at our project uh, with some disappointment, or at least sometimes I do. It's like, oh, man, they just they didn't do that one thing, and or they didn't do this thing, and it could have been so much better. And so to hear people that are not in the profession go oh i love that house i I love this or i I love that about it and you're just going oh yeah but you would love it so much more (laughs) if this happened (laughs) or if they built this or detailed it the way i had drawn it or painted it the colors i wanted Hmm. um so uh, uh anyway it's 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 an interesting profession but it's one that getting back to what where we started, which is the price of admission nowadays is the license. And you just need to do that, get it out of the way and and be done with it. And if you, if you are somebody who's right out of school, a few years, you finish your IDP, you get your license, you probably don't know a whole lot about the profession, but you, you have a good base and then you can build the rest of your career on top of that base. And I really think that the license is kind of intended to be that, is to give you that kind of broad base. There's a lot of things that I studied that when you guys talk about some of the things you do in the commercial buildings and signing off on contractors getting paid and all these things, this is all stuff that I don't do in my practice but it is things that I learned about. I mean, I did learn about doing those things. So quite honestly, if I had never gotten my license and just had spent my career doing the residential practice that I've been doing, there's probably a huge part of the practice that I would have no experience or no knowledge. You could talk about your construction change directives and change orders and all this. And I'd be like, ah, what the hell are they talking about? Right. But, but it's like, no, I studied, I got my license and that did give me a broad base of the entire profession. And I only use a small section of it, but I'm at least aware of it. And I've probably forgotten more than some of the kids that are coming out of school now or just getting past now. No, but well, yeah, there's you know, too the, much. Yeah, there's just, it's a lot to learn. I mean, whether it was nine tests, like when I took it, or seven, or now going to be six, you know, the, there's a lot of information crammed in there. And uh, it's a lot to learn. And you're not going to remember all of it. But it will give no. you a, at least, you know, when somebody mentions something, you're going to go, wait a minute. I, I, that, you know, there's a little bell goes off in the back of your head. I remember something about that. You know, and at least it gives you, it makes you aware and and I think that's the benefit of getting your license, whether you get it now or you've got it, you get it 20 years later. I think it's it's a good thing to have. And, it, you know, certainly professionally or legally today, it's something you have to have. And it's different than it was, you know, 100 years ago. So when are we going to start recording the show? I think we just did. <laughs> I think we show. just did. This is, the sh- this is the show. It's Cormac's. You to the A.R.E.s. F.U.A.R.E. That's the title of the show. This is this is the uh, this is the the standard feeling about the A.R.E.s. This is nothing special. Everybody who does this feels the same way. There are times when you hate it and you want to die, and there are other times when you're like, "Hey, I'm kind of learning something." Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And a lot of times, those are like a one minute apart, <laughs> <laughs> or or less. Yeah. I don't want to dis I don't want to totally discount the the licensure and saying, you know, that you know, being a registered architect or a licensed architect or whatever you guys on the west coast call yourselves <laughs> on the left coast. You know, on on the wrong coast. Whatever. <laughs> but it's it's not a trivial thing. I understand that. And I understand it's a lot of hard work to take the test. But it's even harder work to survive and flourish and succeed in this profession. And it, to me, it just pushing people to get something sooner than they're prepared to do it. To me just feels like it trivializes things. I I think it's personal when it comes to that. I honestly, I, I don't feel like I would have done it any other way. 
Yeah, it would have been more convenient to do it earlier. Oh, yeah. I feel very similarly to you in that I took it when I was ready to take it. Yeah. And even then, I didn't even feel like I was ready. It's one of those things where you cannot be ready enough ever, I feel like. There's some people There's some people who take it. It's easy for them. It was like the hardest thing I ever did. Now, admittedly, I'm 10 years past the point of when I felt like I was ready to take it. But... <laughs> The problem, the problem is, is that a whole bunch of other things got in the way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and sadly, the biggest thing that got in the way was my excuses. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yep. Everybody's got those. They're huge. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the the way that we feel about about this, I, there's people who feel this about, and they they are licensed, and they can't get a leg up in the profession, or they hate it and they want to get out, or. You know, they, they're feeling the same way about it, just differently. And and that, that sucks, man. It, it would suck to be, like you're talking about, Cormac, you just want people to do better work. You want them to care more. I want the same thing. But there are people out there who hate what they do, and they, are, they feel so stuck. They've invested so much into it. What are they going to do now, right? And that's that's a terrible place and, to be. And, yeah, it is. And and that was the guy that I used to sit next to in my very first internship when I was interning the summer after my second year. And here I am, just fresh out of the Army. I've got one year of college under my belt, or one year of architecture school under my belt, because I was a transfer student. But anyway, he came in and he bitched. He was a licensed architect. And that, that shit is contagious. Bitch. Oh yeah. He was, it was, you know how you always hear, and sorry for the sports analogy, you know, the, the point, <laughs> the poison in the, uh, the locker room. He was the poison in the locker room. He just hated this profession so much. And I just, and, and I didn't understand why the hell are you even in this p- profession? And so honestly, he was what made me believe that all I want is for people to love the profession and do the best that they possibly can and do the best work they possibly can. And you know what? All the rest is sure. All these little things like contractors that are this way or that way or the owners or other professionals and stuff. You know, we can bitch and moan about all that, but that's just the little stuff. The big stuff is doing good work and, and I don't even give a crap if you're recognized for it. I don't give a crap if you get written up in a magazine or anything like that. It's that whole, that feeling in the soul kind of thing. Well, and this <laughs> is why it's important to hire good people and passionate people because skills can be learned, right? You know, as well as anybody else that all this stuff can be taught. It's not a, a natural born talent per se. It's just one of those things that you totally can learn it. You can get way better at it. But if you, if you are the poison or you don't have the passion, then mm-hmm. then it's like there, that isn't going to help anybody get anywhere, right? It's only right. going to drag it down like a boat anchor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the guy when you've got interns sitting right next to him, and he's in there bitching and moaning and just absolutely just hating the profession, and you've got somebody looking at um, young and impressionable yeah young and impressionable person who's just staring like is is this is Is this how i'm supposed to be (laughs) that's what's being modeled to me or or is crushed yeah yeah or or it's like is this really what i'm getting myself into you're just like no i don't want to do this i i I need to leave I, i i can't be part of this and it's just like no you're not the one who needs to leave he's the one who needs to leave the one who spent more time and money and everything else in the profession who's absolutely getting nothing out of it he's the one who needs to leave yeah that's that's toxic and it's toxic to their surroundings i always wonder about him actually because i mean what was funny about it this guy literally there was not a day that he wasn't complaining about how much he hated architecture and here was the funny thing his license plate I think it said like RK Tech. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was just like really so he had a personalized license plate that you know let it let the world know that Must he was that he was an architect but he hated it every day. Okay, well before we go, we want to give a shout out to our 
Sponsors for this episode, Architect Marketing Institute. Check out the flowchart at architectmarketingflowchart.com. And also RCAT, visit them at arcat.com. And thanks for them for sponsoring this episode. And also visit our website at arcaspeakpodcast.com for links to our catalog of episodes. You can also sign up for our newsletter that includes links to everything we mention in the episode. Between episodes, join the conversation by leaving comments at arcaspeakpodcast.com or on our Facebook page or even through Twitter. Links for all of those can be found by visiting the site at arcaspeakpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Start now, or you can hang your head in despair. The only road will take you there. They may tell you that you'll never recover, baby. I've learned one thing or another about you. The only road will get you there. And if they don't. Yeah.